to Food Freedom Radio, where we envision a food system that functions for soil, water, climate, all animals, including people. Um, I'm Laura Hedlund. I'm a student of permaculture, a food patriot to the natural world, and a person who's really getting this... um, GMO OMG GMO OMG um, producing the show is Sam Sam do you know what GMO OMG is I do not actually what uh, what is that Okay GMO right and then OMG is GMO reverse which also is slang for oh my god <laughs> So today's topic is the documents the food industry doesn't want you to see, the Monsanto Papers. Investigative environmental reporter and author Carrie Gelman calls it the trial of the century, as does Moms Across America, a nonprofit organization working to get Roundup taken off the star shelves. She says, quote, the health economy and future of America depends on eliminating toxic exposure to chemicals such as Roundup. Here's a sentence from the Guardian newspaper. Regardless of the outcome, the attorney say so much of what Monsanto has worked to keep hidden and secret is now coming out. Joining us by phone is an attorney working on the case, Timothy Linsenberg uh, from the Miller Law Forum, Forum, Firm, and later we'll be joined by Pat Kerrigan uh, with the Organic Consumers Association. So welcome to Food Freedom Radio, Timothy. Thank you, Laura. Glad to be here. Thanks for your attention to this issue. Well, thank you. Let's start by telling me about uh, Dwayne Johnson. Yeah, so um, his friends and his attorney call him Lee. Um, I call him Dwayne for years, but uh, it's, it's it's Lee to us now. And uh, he's uh, just an incredibly brave soul. Um, he's one of many, many clients I have, unfortunately, um, people that had uh, pretty large exposures to Roundup or other glyphosate-based um, pesticides made by Monsanto, and then were subsequently diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Okay, so uh, Mr. Johnson was um, what's called uh, an integrated pest manager at a school district here in the um, North Bay area in California, and um, he, I mean, that was a sort of euphemism for Roundup sprayer, uh, he found out. Um, he was just spraying massive amounts of this stuff, mixing it by hand, um, taking it, incredible precautions that he sort of made up on his own because he w- couldn't get any uh, safety advice or, or from the company, certainly from its materials, but he called the company on several occasions, and we'll get into that later. Uh, in any event, after about 26 months of spraying huge amounts of this all over school grounds everywhere, um, he was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Um, it's a cutaneous type of lymphoma, meaning primarily skin involvement. Um, and so his uh, it was a little more shocking than, than some other types um, to, to see him. Some some of the worst uh, when it was worst skin involvement. I mean, he, he just looked terrible, covered in lesions, 80% of his skin. Um Today, he looks a little better um, in terms of the skin involvement, but he is terminal, um, and he is dying, and that is why we have a trial date right now. This is the first trial in history um, of uh, putting basically Roundup on trial for causing cancer, Um, and it is in state court in San Francisco, and um, I'd say it is, you know, close to the trial of the century. Well, we're in a new century now, so yeah, sure. <laughs> I'd say it's at least as important as those first um, cigarette tobacco trials were uh, in the 90s. Um, I think that's where we are right now. Everybody says, well, this has been on the market for so long. Uh, how come everybody doesn't have cancer? Everybody isn't feeling it. It must be safe. And, you know, that's it's sort of where we were before we... Um, wrapped our heads around um, cigarettes and cancer. So um, Lee's just a, 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 just one of the best clients I've ever had and has never blinked. Um, he has been gung-ho since the start. To, to He has no no qualms with taking his face, taste first, taking his chances, going up against this monumental uh, international mega corporation that does not... Um, take kindly to people or organizations that challenges it. So he's just incredibly brave, and uh, I'm proud to represent him. That's awesome. And he's a father of three, and he's working at a schoolyard. Um, and he started noticing um, he started noticing welts and stuff, and so he actually contacted Monsanto at that point. Is that correct? 
Yeah, um, that, that's, that's correct. It was actually after he was diagnosed with cancer. But, yeah, to back up and, and take a question of parts, yes, he's, I mean, you'll hear him at this trial testify, and we've referenced already that, um, and he testified at deposition, um, that, you know, a big part of this is he feels so conflicted and so awful inside that he was spraying this on, on school grounds. And he was trying to find out as much about it as possible. He kept a copy of the label in his um, in his truck glove box. He kept a copy in his desk. He read it every time he mixed it. Uh, he went out looking for more information about it. Um, and, uh, you know, he, he, he spoke with some parents about uh, with the safety information that Monsanto puts out about this stuff because he was spraying it all over school properties. And I think that's one thing that is motivating him now is now that he knows what he knows, um, you know, he wants to put this in the spotlight for parents of children everywhere, for school districts everywhere. And he's um, a young person. I mean, he, uh, he... I think that's a big, a big motivator. But, yeah, three months after his diagnosis, two months after his diagnosis, um, he called Monsanto, and um, you know you'll see a trial. And we've already discussed some um, the uh, question. He called in to say, "Hey, can you give me any information about the um, association of this product and non-Hodgkin lymphoma?" And uh, his secondary reason to call was just like I said to put to let them know to help them help other people. You know, if you guys are tracking this kind of information, uh, you know, and I, I, I want to let you know I got cancer and. It lands on the desk of what I would call a medical director. Um, it's got, I think, a slightly different um, title there. Uh, but a Dr. Goldstein, who is a medical doctor hired by Monsanto to manage some of these issues. And it lands on the desk there. And Monsanto, for years, this is 2014, they had for years been managing their concerns about this causing non-Hodgkin lymphoma privately. Um, it really wasn't until March 2015 that the World Health Organization made an announcement that um, the public and, and, and lawyers and everybody else, Mr. Johnson, first ever heard any indication of this. So this is before that time even. Monsanto certainly had been dealing with it for, for years, if not decades. And this question lands on the desk of Dr. Goldstein, who says, huh, um, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I'll, I'll be sure to call him right back. Never called him back. Here we are, uh, you know, four years later, he's dying, um, and we're in this um, enormous long trial. They, they, they never called him back. So, so and, and, product, it is. Having non-Hodgkin lymphoma. Um, and um, he made another call. Uh, a few months later, to the Missouri Poison Control Hotline, which um, is listed on the bottle, um, and it told them a little more about what had happened, his cancer progressing. He's still spraying the product at that time. Um, well, Missouri Poison Control uh, basically, well, not basically, they are provided the safety information about products from the manufacturers. So they're reading what Monsanto provides to them. And um, and then they report these incidents directly to Monsanto, who is, I think, responsible for reporting them to government agencies. So they're getting, you know, numerous calls from Lee Johnson himself asking for help. He's already got cancer, and he's still spraying this stuff. Um, I think that's what makes this a particularly uh, unbelievable case. Now, one of the things I find really shocking after reading the opening statement is that uh, this is, as I just wanted to be clear, that it's been admitted by Monsanto that they have not conducted a mouse or rat study or long-term study on cancer since 1991. Is that I shocking? Can't, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I, I, I can't comment on that. If you found that somewhere, it's yeah, that was an, true. Yes, um, yeah. I'm not, uh, yeah, I'm not sure enough to, well, to and point I, out and all those qualifications in my mind. I will tell you that Monsanto has actively avoided over the decades testing its formulated product, which is Roundup. And that's a very important distinction that the jurors of this trial are learning and that many people, um, scientists, and certainly Monsanto employees and now lawyers already know, is that glyphosate is the killer. It's the biocide in the, um, in the, formula, but it's, it's, it's only a part of what causes cancer. The other half of the ingredients uh, or thereabout, they don't have to tell us, um, is uh, made up of water and surfactant. And surfactant is something that um, allows a liquid to spread over the surface of something and to penetrate it. 
anything about dropping water on your hand, you might hold three droplets on your skin. You're not going to have a sheet of film of water. Um, if you add soap to that, you can create a film of water on your hand. Similarly, if you spray glyphosate on plants, you'll get little droplets. Um, if you add a surfactant to it, it'll spread over the surface of the plants and penetrate the cell walls. Um, in this case, they use actually animal fat in, is, is the primary surfactant used around them. And so we found, and one thing that's, I think, known for decades, and the science is continuing to prove that there's a synergistic effect, and it's common sense the more you understand it. When they add something that makes this stuff stick to organisms and penetrate um, the, the cell walls of, or the outer layers, um, it is going to be a more effective toxic effect of the biocept. And so, um, so Monsanto has, has been very perspicacious in avoiding testing the formulated product. They have generally only tested glyphosate over the years. And if you watch a lot of their statements are about glyphosate, well, nobody uses glyphosate. Lee Johnson didn't use glyphosate. He used the product that Monsanto made with glyphosate mixed with surfactants that cause it to stick to things and penetrate. Right, and so the, the surfactant, which is also goes by the initials P-O-E-A, is banned in Europe for safety reasons, but commonly used here. So we're going to be taking a That's break. Exactly. Yeah, we're going to be talking about the Monsanto papers, which we actually put on AM950's Facebook page. So you can look at the documents yourself. We're talking about the Monsanto trial and uh, Dwayne Johnson. Hi, Sarah from Vinaigrette. Farmer's markets are everywhere and summer's bounty is limitless. Try a rustic caprese salad using spring mix, fresh mozzarella, grape or cherry tomatoes, red onion, fresh basil, garlic olive oil, and our 18-year-age balsamic. Or try grilled romaine brushed with Tunisian olive oil. Vinaigrette makes it easy to love your vegetables. Visit us at 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis or 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior. Online at vinaigrettemn.com. Kevin Ross here, inviting you to our brand new store called Ambibulous. What does Ambibulous mean? It means one who enjoys alcoholic beverages of all sorts. Ambibulous is a Minnesota maker's market. Unlike traditional liquor stores, we feature only craft beer, wine, and spirits made here in Minnesota. We are ready to guide your selections, where you can build your own four or six packs. Find us at 949 Hennepin Avenue East in Northeast Minneapolis or online at ambibulousmn.com. Burger Moe's gorgeous patio is open for the season. Enjoy nightly happy hours, more than 60 beers on tap, and the weather while you watch your favorite game on the outdoor screen. And don't miss live music Thursdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. Offering 20 fresh, never-frozen burger varieties, Burger Moe's also offers delicious appetizers, soups, salads, as well as unburgers, dogs, paninis, shakes, and desserts. Burger Moe's is located at 242 West 7th Street in St. Paul with plenty of free parking and online at BurgerMoe's.com. Hi, everybody. Make plans to attend the one and only Powderhorn Art Fair on Saturday and Sunday, August 4th and 5th in the heart of South Minneapolis and picture-perfect Powderhorn Park. Experience and purchase original artwork from more than 230 artists. Spend time with your family and friends creating your own work of art at over a half a dozen art stations. And don't forget to grab a bite to eat from over 25 different food trucks. So join us on Saturday, August 4th from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., or Sunday, August 5th, from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. or both. The Powderhorn Art Fair is proudly brought to you by Powderhorn Park Neighborhood Association in collaboration with the Minneapolis Park and Recreation Board with a generous gift from the Metropolitan Regional Art Council. Again, join us for over 230 artists, 25 food trucks, and six arts experiences on August 4th and 5th. So we'll see you there at one of the most local art fairs around. I'm John Peterson, and at Ferndale Market, we are proud to provide our free-range turkey to local restaurants and natural food stores. One of our partners since the beginning has been Birchwood Cafe, and we're excited to announce a new partnership product, the Birchwood Turkey Burger Patty, made from their popular turkey burger recipe using our antibiotic-free turkey and Birchwood's local and organic ingredients. Put an end to bland turkey burgers. Find this and all our Ferndale turkey products at your local co-op or natural food store. Visit FerndaleMarket.com. Try to see it my way Do I have to 
Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, and we're talking about a, um, a court case going on right now in the state of California. It's going to go on for about five weeks. It's the Dwayne Johnson versus Monsanto Company case, and joining us by phone is a lawyer with that case, Timothy Litzenberg. And when we went on break, we're just talking about the Monsanto papers, and as the Guardian newspaper says, um, so much of what Monsanto has worked to keep secret is now coming out. And the law firm has put all of this documentation out for the public. So tell us a little bit about what people can find and what that paperwork, what that paper trail is showing. Yeah, so uh, I don't, I'm going to miss some of that there. Our, our law firm actually is not hosting this stuff. Some of the, the, the best places to get this are um, the U.S. Right to Know organization, which I think is based here in the Bay Area, and they have pulled together public access. You know, in my mind, as an attorney working on the case, I, I don't remember or know, and right. I have to be careful, what remains confidential, what remains under seal, and what does not. Um, a good way to find out is just to go out and look there. If you can get at it, it's public access. The U.S. Right to Know hosts a number of uh, different sources of information of these source documents on its website. And now the uh, University of California, San Francisco, which hosted, um, it's an analogy I'll make again and again, the uh, cigarette industry um, document trove, uh, has now opened up a chemical industry and specifically a pesticide and glyphosate uh, document trove with documents from the federal government and other open sources as well as things that have come out through our litigation. So Robert Kennedy Jr., who also has a show on um, on AM 950, Ring of Fire, um, he said, he's quoted, uh, we're going to see for the first time evidence that no one has seen before, evidence that in, in, in Monsanto's file that we've obtained from lawyers and the people in Monsanto. I don't think it's a surprise that after 20 years, Monsanto has known about cancer-causing properties of this chemical and has tried to stop the public from knowing it and tried to manipulate the regula- regulatory process. This is sad, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's um, I have well, we work in pharmaceutical uh, products uh, primarily, as you know, I know other people in Ring of Fire do, and um, I will say, um, without being too kind to pharmaceutical companies, I have not seen the infiltration of federal regulatory agencies uh, before on this scale. Um, in terms of Monsanto and its influence at every regulatory level around the world, um, it is uh, it, it is it is mind blowing and it's shocking. Um, and so you'll see that the primary defense by Monsanto is this sort of regulatory defense that um, uh, you know regulators have have haven't said it caused cancer. Um, that's the truth is chipping away at that, as you know from some adverse decisions in, for example, Germany, the banning of POEAs, um, things like that, and I think it'll continue uh, to advance. But it is frightening. Um, you, you, I, I think Monsanto would would love to have everybody to let the EPA, um, you know, do their job and not interfere. And what is terrifying to me, and um, as an adult and an American citizen, is is sort of the what what exactly the EPA has been doing um, over the last uh, forty years with respect to these chemicals. Yeah, and this corporate war on science, and sometimes, um, but the corporate war on science, it has major implications, it affects all of us. Consider that half of all men in the U.S. and a third of all women will be diagnosed with cancer at some point in our lifetimes, and that's according to the National Cancer Institute. And so what this, 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 these Monsanto papers show things such as academic ghostwriting, which is on its face, um, unethical, um, it shows a lot of bullying tactics. Um, so what will the impact be if if we win in this case? Um, so there's, uh, there's sort of two answers to that question. This is not a class action. They're actually all individual cases. And so while a lot looks like a class action to a lot of people, each individual case is its own and is everybody's entitled to their own verdict, their own settlement, um, their own destiny in this litigation. So this... Um, 
verdict will pertain only to Lee Johnson um, in in actuality. Uh, um, however, as you know, this is going is already causing ripples all over the world. Um, I think everybody with uh, you know a claim or a potential claim who has cancer after using this product is watching this. Um, there's there's cases all across the country in state and federal courts, and there's. Um, uh, hopefully regulators, academics, and other scientists are, are watching this closely as well. Um, so our primary purpose here is to get compensation and justice for Mr. Johnson and his family, which he'll be leaving uh, on this earth soon. Um, but I certainly uh, expect there to be be waves throughout this litigation. Um, and there are every day with, with the evidence that comes out and the decisions that are made. Um, but certainly, um, you know, we hope to get a favorable verdict uh, and we hope that will advance uh, the ball for, for all the litigants. So I'm going to bring Patrick on the, the call right now. Um, Patrick with the Organic Consumer Association. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Laura. Yeah, thanks. So do you have any reactions at this point or any questions you'd like to ask? Well, um, one one thought is that this um, this lawsuit is a combination of more than 400 lawsuits by farmers, farm workers, gardeners uh, uh, against uh, against Monsanto, and stating that the, that Roundup caused their non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. I wanted to add that this non-Hodgkin's lymphoma issue, while that's the center of the lawsuit, is just one of several different serious um, health problems that. Uh, that Roundup has been associated with, including uh, liver, kidney problems, uh, a huge one being an endocrine uh, disruptor, um, and then also uh, uh, cancers. And so uh, this is within this lawsuit is very key, but it's within the context of a global movement to hold Monsanto accountable and then, um, and what OCA is working on is uh, promoting for people to uh, boycott Monsanto, uh, and um, and we're doing that in part through lawsuits uh, 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 suing against false advertising from companies claiming to be 100% natural or 100% pure, and in fact, they're. Um, their products contain uh, residues of glyphosate. Right. In fact, we're going to talk about some of that other stuff, the, the Ben & Jerry's and a bunch of other lawsuits. Getting back to Timothy right now, because I know um, I'm sure this is a chaotic time, but I also I'm, I really appreciate all these lawyers working on this. And you have a collaboration um, of lawyers. Tell us about the work. Why are you guys doing this? Well, our... our, our primary uh, duty is to our individual clients, and we have 2,000 of them here at the Miller Firm, people with non-Hodgkin lymphoma after uh, repeated uh, use of, of Roundup or the related Monsanto products. Um, as, as civil lawyers or tort lawyers, um, the only remedy that we have or that we can secure is to get financial compensation for these people and their families um, from Monsanto, and that that's our job. Um, we can't change the label. Um, if we if we file a lawsuit to change the label or to ban this, it would just be thrown out of court because of the way that federal law works in America. So you hope that that becomes a secondary effect of us bringing um, these things to light and, and getting attention and hopefully getting verdicts. The other thing is, um, you know, Monsanto we're gonna, doesn't care we're gonna what people to take a break, but when we come back, um, we'll be talking more about the Dwayne Johnson versus Monsanto lawsuit in California. I'm John Peterson, and at Ferndale Market, we are proud to provide our free-range turkey to local restaurants and natural food stores. One of our partners since the beginning has been Birchwood Cafe, and we're excited to announce a new partnership product, the Birchwood Turkey Burger Patty. Made from their popular turkey burger recipe using our antibiotic-free turkey and Birchwood's local and organic ingredients. Put an end to bland turkey burgers. Find this and all our Ferndale turkey products at your local co-op or natural food store. Visit FerndaleMarket.com. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Scott Shamblot from Shamblot Family Dentistry. We're the fear-free, get-you-out-of-pain-now dental office. And I'm Rachel Shamblot. Did you know a lot of people are afraid of the dentist? You don't need to be afraid of my dad. He makes going to the dentist comfortable and even fun. We don't care if you're a dental regular or haven't seen a dentist in years. We just want to make you comfortable and get you out of pain. If you don't see my dad, please see another dentist. Take care of your teeth because they're the only ones you get. Call 1-800-FIX-MY-TEETH or visit fixmyteeth.us. This is Chad, owner of AM950, here to tell you about Snap Construction. They're experts in roofing, siding, window, and insurance restoration. They have energy-efficient products available for both residential and commercial properties. This spring, when we needed a company to take a look at a problem with our roof, I called the company I knew I could trust, Snap Construction. I've known Ryan, the owner at Snap Construction, for years, so I knew I could trust him. Don't just take my word for it. Check out their reviews online. They are arguably the most well-reviewed exterior contractor online in the metro area. Over the years, Ryan has always said the same thing to me about his work. If we build it, shouldn't we be held accountable for the work indefinitely? He backed that statement up years ago when Snap Construction was a pioneer in offering a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee on all their work. For a free estimate or general questions, call the locally owned company AM950 Trusts Snap Construction at 612-333-SNAP. That's 612-333-SNAP, or find them online at snapconstruction.com. They have financing options available. Seward Co-op, serving the community for nearly 45 years, invites you to shop their two convenient locations, both offering the strong commitment to local producers and healthy foods you've come to expect. Seward focuses on locally grown and raised products, fair trade, and environmental sustainability. Shop their selection of meats, artisan cheeses, and house-made baked goods. Find Seward at 2823 East Franklin Avenue or the Friendship Store on 38th Street and 3rd Avenue in Minneapolis. More at seward.coo. As farmers and ranchers, stewardship of the land comes naturally. Your work keeps our water clean, improves the soil, and enhances wildlife habitat. It also provides countless benefits, not just for you and your family, but for millions of Americans who depend on this region every day without even realizing it. Thank you for being stewards of America's prairie for all of us. Take a moment to find out how conservation pays. Visit conservationpays.org. Welcome back to Food Freedom Radio. I'm Laura Hedlund, and we're talking about what some call the trial of the century, Dwayne Johnson versus Monsanto Company. And joining us by phone is a lawyer um, with the Miller Law Firm, um, Timothy Litzenberg. Um, and also uh, joining us is Patrick Kerrigan from the uh, Organic Consumer Association. So... Um, I know you have to be careful because of the legal stuff, but there's so much out there in the public domain about Monsanto's behavior in this case that is now becoming public. Are there any details that you feel comfortable with sharing that that you think people might find the most outrageous? Uh, it's hard. It's hard to pick. Um, uh, no, I mean, I would, again, the line blurs in my mind so much of what uh, I know right. and seen and what is public because of court filings or, and more things are being released because of the Constitution and our American policy of having open trials uh, every day, every hour. So um, I would just direct people to look at the source documents, uh, which are themselves pretty appalling. Again, as I've said, the uh, cozy relationship with regulators um, is one of the um, most appalling things. As one of our regulatory experts said, the um, the correspondence between senior level EPA people and even junior level uh, Monsanto executives looks like people reporting to their managers. Um, <laughs> that, that's how it reads mm-hmm. when you see uh, folks at EPA and, and, and uh, some talking of it, to Monsanto. Some of it was pretty ridiculous, like, oh, you want me to ghostwrite this? You know, that's not really ethical. That's what a professor said. I can't ghost. Why did you put my name there? I mean, there's a lot of drama in that. There are just, it is so much, and I know we can't get into the details, um, but um, uh, so, so what have you, how do you connect this to um, the money side? I mean, uh, let's, let's just review. I don't, um, uh, Monsanto, it's a $4.8 billion a year in revenue, and it was recently purchased by Beer um, for $60 billion. 
Right, yeah, 60 per year. That's what the company's worth. You're trying to figure out a snapshot of how big this company is. Well, somebody just paid $65 billion for it, so that's that's how big it is. Um, And, uh, yeah, you know, as I was saying before the break, Monsanto doesn't care if you call them names or anything. Um, they, they, they don't seem to particularly care if their products cause cancer, but, um, they care about the bottom line. And, um, so in some ways, this is the best way to, uh, change their mind and change their behavior is to keep, you know, this Robin Hood approach, keep taking money from them and giving it to, um, people who are dying of cancer. And that's what we're going to continue to do over the decades. Awesome. Uh, Patrick, do you want to say anything? Well, um, uh, I just wanted to say one quick thing. Uh, OCA on our Millions Against Monsanto page uh, said that uh, we, we reported an um, uh, article Robert F. Kennedy Jr. wrote about uh, the second day of the Monsanto trial. And among the many uh, outrageous uh, things in terms of Monsanto actions was that they had hired um, a really well and independent genotoxicologist named James Perry to evaluate uh, the the 1990s animal studies. Uh, And so the the, uh, Dr. Perry uh, said that, suggested that Roundup might cause cancer. And so then uh, they they tried to persuade him to change his opinions. And then they looked at the possibility of actually outright bribing other scientists to get to come to conclusions that. Um, that Roundup is safe. Uh, one other point I wanted to add was that um, there was a uh, excellent article in The Guardian, glyphosate shows, shown to disrupt microbiome at safe levels, in which it talked about this, this first ever uh, actual look at the um, surfacants and other ingredients of glyphosate, in which they found that those other ingredients actually had more uh, detrimental effect, inclu- including um, the weakening of cell walls and um, cell viab- reducing cell viability than the actual glyphosate itself, which is such a dangerous product. And so this, um, this, te- this testing was in response to um, the, um, the government wanting uh, more information after the um, International Academy for I am blanking on the best yeah. answer now, but the the the, the, organiza- the international organization that found um, glyphosate to be a likely carcinogen when they uh, the government wanted to do a review of this, and then um, this is uh, actually the result that they found was uh, just how toxic uh, these um, surfactants. And, uh, and and other ingredients are. Yeah. So, for instance, uh, Bloomberg, um, Bloomberg reported after reading these public documents that an EPA official uh, reportedly helps Monsanto kill another agency's cancer society, uh, cancer study, an investigation the Lamone details Monsanto's effort to, quote, to destroy the United Nations Cancer Agency by any means possible. Um, and so mm-hmm. there's, there's been this um, habit of discrediting cancer scientists with the help of allies across the food industry. Can you comment at yes. all on that, Timothy? So it's, would you say that I, I, I'm having trouble hearing what the other guest is saying? Sure, sure. Um, can you talk about Monsanto's uh, patterns of discrediting um, other cancer scientists? Sure, yeah, um, and I would, uh, well, I'm going to give you the best example, in my opinion. I mean, one, you'll see them waging war on IARC, and I think that's their phrase, or at least uh, discrediting it, undermining, um, those are all words that they've used in internal documents. The World Health Organization, which has no stake in anything except human health and life, um, you know, declared this a probable human carcinogen in March of 2015. And uh, you can see what Monsanto has done afterwards. You can go to the IARC website and see how they've individually attacked and subpoenaed the independent scientists that made up that panel of dozens of independent scientists that, that, that voted on this issue and, and studied this. I think the best example, and I'll point you to Carrie Gillum's recent article um, with uh, a uh, medical doctor from the East Coast, his name I can't recall right now, 
Um, but they, I was so pleased to see that they'd highlighted in a, a June article, Public Policy Journal, um, the um, what I would call the Seralini affair. Um, those of us familiar with the issues know Dr. Seralini is a European scientist who did conduct some of those chronic feeding studies with the formulated product in rodents, just as you were saying, Monsanto has avoided studiously conducting over the decades. And unsurprisingly, um, his his study found that um, there was an, a marked increase incidence in tumors in these animals. Um, well, uh, I would just refer you to that article and, and the, the, the way that it sets out um, the documents which have come out in this case. Um, but essentially, um, the um, uh, Monsanto put the editor of that journal on its payroll <laughs> shortly after the uh, Dr. Seralini's article was published by that journal, and then uh, came to the and then demanded and orchestrated that the um, that the piece be retracted. Right. And while the editor in chief of the journal is on their payroll as a special consultant, um, four hundred dollars an hour. <laughs> Sorry. It's four hundred dollars an hour. You can look at your. You can look in the paperwork. You can actually see the little how much there money he's getting that's paid, pretty, and that's pretty that's the, cheap. It's yeah. pretty cheap to keep your fifteen billion dollar a year uh, product on the market. Um, so, um, they, they, yeah, they, they they hire him as a special consultant, and um, uh, then at some point he writes them. You know, a lot of this is 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 discussed verbally. I can only imagine. You see references sometimes and things. So let's keep this offline, or let's right. you know, do, please keep this email distribution as, as low as possible because they don't want to make these paper trails that lawyers like me find uh, ten years later, or five years later. Um, so uh, you see um, the editor emailing Monsanto at one point after they put him on the payroll and saying. Can you? Um, uh, we haven't. I haven't received any anything that I can that's actionable on, as to this um, article. Um, you guys want it retracted, but I need actually somebody other than you to demand its retraction. And so, within an hour, you can follow the trail again. Within an hour, Monsanto has one of its old reliable academics who's been on his payroll for decades call the editor in chief, say that he hereby demands a retraction. And the editor was able to report back within an hour or two. I'll take care of now. Thanks, thanks, Monsanto. And in fact, that uh, article was retracted. Um, some of Monsanto's concerns about that are sort of laughable. That um, you know these poor animals were not sacrificed early enough, and they, they were exploited by pictures of their tumors and stuff. I mean, it's just you know, the grand scheme of things. Uh, ridiculous to, to think about that, but you know they, they hugely discredited Dr. Seralini, not to mention his science, um, which I'm not here to comment on the um, validity of. But the the, the the process by which Monsanto was able to uh, just unilaterally get that retracted um, was is amazing, and and uh, and the story I don't think is really gotten out there much yet. So, Timothy, um, uh, with the Miller Law Firm, you've been working on uh, Dwayne Johnson versus Monsanto. And um, we only have a few more minutes, and then, Patrick, I'd like you to hang on, and then you and I can talk about the Dark Act and some other stuff. But, sure. but um, Timothy, is there anything else that you really think the public should know about the case, Dwayne Johnson versus Monsanto? Yeah, I would just say, again, I'm very proud to be uh, Lee's lawyer. Um, he has... Uh, he's incredibly brave in um, being the first one to go to trial against this behemoth that crushes everything in its path or that, that opposes it. Um, and he's never wavered for a second. And so, you know, even if he loses this trial, um, his sons will know as he passes from this uh, from this plane of existence in the in the next year or two that, that he was an incredibly, incredibly brave man. And- um, they can't take that away from him. And win, lose, or draw in terms of this case um, – as I said, we have 2,000 cases, and we'll continue taking each of them uh, to trial. I'm a young man and uh, can do this for an awful long time, and uh, I certainly look forward to that. We have tremendous faith in the American jury. It's really the last outpost of pure democracy in America, um, and it's very frustrating for Monsanto to have jury trials to face because um, they, by definition, haven't been able to infiltrate um, those jurors prior to sitting down and, ha- and being judged. So uh, we look forward to doing this for a long time, and I think, again, the place we are is 
That's basically the first uh, cigarette tobacco trial. Um, the fact that people have used this for decades and considered it safe and that regulators haven't declared that it causes cancer um, is really doesn't mean anything going forward as we as a progressive society try to protect human health. Right. Now, it is the most used herbicide in the United States, um, and it's increased. It, it, there was a hundredfold increase from the late 70s to today. So this is pretty ubiquitous. And if it's causing cancer, how many victims? Well, exactly. It's, it's used at 80 percent of row crops. It's, I believe, the most used herbicide worldwide. And the reason it is that is because it was a it was an herbicide of little consequence i mean they, they they just found out that this chemical basically would wash out heavy metals from industrial tanks and they found that the effluents the runoff out of those tanks when you're washing them out everything died in the creek beds or wherever it was all the reeds everything died so they thought well we can use this as an herbicide um but it wasn't of great consequence until monsanto began genetically modifying seeds and got a patent to sell GMO crop seeds. So and now they genetically we're gonna, Timothy, we're going to have to say goodbye. Timothy, we're going to have to say goodbye. Um, and, but I thank you so much for your time. Timothy Litzenberg with the Miller Law Firm, a lawyer on the Dwayne Johnson versus Monsanto Company. We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk more with Patrick Keegan from the Organic Consumers Association, Food Freedom Radio. Thank you, Laura. Thank you. Hi, Matt McNeil for Rudy Luther Toyota. With summertime here, my family is super excited about the road trips we'll be taking in our Toyota Sienna. We're going to be putting a lot of miles in, but a Sienna is the most comfortable way to drive. Plenty of room for the five of us to stretch out and enjoy the ride, even with the dog and all of our gear tagging along. Safety and reliability are key, and Rudy Luther Toyota Siennas are the most safe, most reliable vehicles we've ever driven. Test drive one yourself at Rudy Luther Toyota, the southeast corner of 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Saturdays at 1 p.m., you have a chance at a fresh start, a new beginning. Hi, everybody. This is Freddie Bell, host of New Beginnings. Our show features the concerns of America's 78 million baby boomers in employment, finance, health and nutrition, spirituality, and even entertainment. Every day is a chance for a fresh start. Join us Saturdays at 1 p.m. for New Beginnings with Freddie Bell on AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota. The fine folks at Common Good Books will help you find the perfect book for you or the book lover in your life. Find a huge selection from a locally owned and independent bookseller in the Twin Cities. They are always bringing in top authors from around the globe for special in-store events. Open Monday through Saturday, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. and Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Find Common Good Books at 38 South Snelling Avenue in St. Paul or shop online at commongoodbooks.com. It's grilling season and Vinaigrette has some sizzling recipes to inspire you. How about summertime grilled fajitas? Just create a marinade with our golden balsamic or champagne vinegar, a chili garlic or jalapeno olive oil and marinade beef or chicken. Add red onions, red, green and yellow peppers and throw them on the grill. Or try grilled steak brushed with our truffle or garlic olive oil. Visit us at 50th and Xerxes in South Minneapolis and 287 Water Street in downtown Excelsior or online at vinaigrettemn.com. The only thing better than being outdoors soaking up that summer sunshine is coming into a nice, cool, air-conditioned house afterwards. So if you're looking at updating or buying a new AC, Standard Heating and Air Conditioning has some great systems at $700 off during July. There's even easy financing options available on approved credit. It's no sweat. Really, no sweat. Call today and ask how you can save $700 on your new air conditioner. Learn more at standardheatingdeals.com. Some restrictions apply. Hello, this is Ellen Krug from Hidden Edges Radio. When I'm not on the radio, I'm standing in front of audiences training about diversity and inclusion and on how to be welcoming to others who are different from us. More than ever, employers and organizations need professional diversity and inclusion training. I can offer that training through my company, Human Inspiration Works, LLC. I'd love to make your workplace or organization more welcoming. For more information, go to humaninspirationworks.com. Thank you. Slow down, you move too fast You got to make the morning last Just 
So welcome back to Food Freedom Radio, where we plant the seeds of change. I'm Laura Hedlund, and we were talking about the Dwayne Johnson versus Monsanto company uh, lawsuit that's now going on in the state of California. Um, we thank uh, Timothy Lutzenberg for uh, joining us. He's one of the attorneys working on that case. And thank you, Patrick, um, uh, with the Organic Consumers Association for hanging out. So let's uh, let's put this more in perspective. There is a long, long battle and a lot of history here. Let's start with a little bit about the European battle. Yes. Um, uh, Europe uh, has just recently agreed upon uh, recommissioning, extending the use of glyphosate uh, uh, for a five-year time period. Now, they had requested, Monsanto had requested a 15-year time period. France vehemently posed the, um, the reissuing of the glyphosate license. It was only when um, uh, Angela Merkel led the, uh, the uh, German su- strong support for glyphosate, reissuing glyphosate, which caused a huge uh, uh, battle within uh, uh, German political circles, her doing that. Uh, that was basically the reason that Monsanto was able to get a re- restricted five-year period to continue you. Uh, the sales of glyphosate to European countries, where uh, had this not been for uh, Angela Merkel's um, uh, siding with Monsanto, glyphosate would would have been prohibited in Europe. So this is um, what's happening with this non-Hodgkin's lawsuit is all within the context of global opposition uh, to Roundup. And then in terms of science, there's plenty of science. Um, some of the most alarming being in the soy fields of Argentina, within the number of um, uh, cancer cases, birth defects, reproductive problems that are being experienced um, uh, in Argentina. And this is well documented comparing the, uh, the villages around areas of heavy glyphosate application compared with those that don't. And so there is, um, you know, there's really plenty of science um, which uh, which is showing the the dangers of glyphosate, and uh, and so Monsanto is uh, doing the best job they can of making it look like there's widespread agreement on how safe uh, glyphosate is, and then whenever some like uh, International Agency for Research on Cancer of the scientific arm of the, of the World Health Organization says that it's a probable carcinogen, then they do everything they can to dis, uh, discredit uh, the IARC, which is just which is just outrageous. And they're they're on thin ice; they know it. But uh, but um, the uh, California Department of uh, Agriculture and Environment uh, they um, uh, acting on the IARC determination that glyphosate is, is a, a probable car- human carcinogen. They required uh, the inclusion of a warning label on yeah. glyphosate containers. Now, well, a judge it, has, has suspended that. Mm. So I'm not sure where that's going to end up. But um, Monsanto is really on the run. I think part of the... Well, that's probably uh, why they air- sold. <laughs> I just do. They, that's what I said. But yeah, I think you're right. They're on, they're on the run. But I, I also know we want to mention endocrine disruptor. So what does that mean? Yes, um, endo, endo, endocrine disruption is one of the many problems, along with uh, 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 liver, kidney disease, and reproductive problems. Um, endocrine disruption. What I've learned at a few, couple conferences is that. If a mom, a pregnant mom, is exposed at extremely small, we're talking in the parts per billion level, to endocrine disruptors, she can have uh, either abort or have a, um, uh, a baby born with, uh, with serious, uh, serious health problems. And this is something that, um, that uh, Roundup uh, is, has been, been tied to under numerous studies. And the um, uh, that's one of the most concerning issues when we when we call for the boycott of Ben and Jerry's for uh, in which we found Roundup in nine out of eleven uh, samples 
uh, in, uh, Ben and Jerry's ice cream. They said, well, it's in the, it's in like the one, one and a half part per million. Roundup's ubiquitous. It's no big deal. That's such a small amount. I even heard the judge say this in our case against our lawsuit against, um, um, General Mills, uh, their, their Nature Valley granola bars for fraudulently labeling 100% natural when in fact it contained glyphosate. They make it sound like this is no big deal. But you ask an endocrinologist, and toxins like glyphosate, and especially with the additional ingredients in Roundup um, being even more dangerous to cell development than the glyphosate itself, uh, you can bet one part per billion is is a, is a big is a big health risk. It is a big and health so risk. We- and I, I, I feel like I'm compelled to mention all this information because like the Natural, Refor- Natural Resources Defense Council in 2015, they filed a lawsuit against EPA uh, blaming glyphosate for the uh, 81% decline in monarchs. And then, wow. yeah, yep. the, I mean, so, but then we had a long, long right to know battle. And we've talked about it a lot on Food Freedom Radio, and you guys have been active, everything from California. We finally passed something in Vermont a couple of years ago. And, mm-hmm. But then what happened? <laughs> what happened yeah, with the that, right to know? Well, what, what happened was OCA, along with the, uh, some of the leading uh, organic uh, food companies and other uh, nonprofits, uh, pushed uh, for balloting, uh, pushed ballot initiatives requiring the mandatory labeling of And some things came out. I mean, there, a lot was, of the large companies, was, Campbell started labeling. There were people who were starting to yeah. label on the label. It was working. But then something passed called the Dark Act. And how did that yeah. pass? It was a national thing that said states can't decide. I mean, it was crazy. Well, yeah, the DARK Act uh, is the acronym for the Deny Americans the Right to Know Act. And what that was about was coming up with a non-labeling bill, which really prevented effective labeling. Uh, when, when this was really despicable, I think, was when uh, Vermont passed, after, the, after ballot initiatives in, in California, Oregon, and Washington failed by less than 1%, um, uh, the state of Vermont uh, voted overwhelmingly to label um, GMOs. So, unfortunately, we're down to our so last minute. We're to... down to our last minute already. And so, oh, okay. I know. So... so, I'll just finish off with that. So, basically, what happened is here you've got the, uh, a law that has national implications in that they're not going to separate uh, national food companies, not going to separate what goes up into Vermont in a different stream than what goes to other countries, uh, other states, rather, in the country. And so Senator Klobuchar, um, Senator Baldwin, Senator uh, Heidkamp, um, they, the Democratic farm state senators were supporting... Uh, so, the, the, Patrick the Kerrigan, I'm, I'm, we're going to have to, we're, we're, we're out of time, unfortunately. Patrick Kerrigan with the Organic Consumers Association, Food Freedom Radio. And instead of getting right to know GMO on the label, we're going to get, they're going to call it B, bioengineering. So, I thank you, Pat. we got to know what's in our food. It's up to us.